In this week's episode of Hockey the Podcast, we head over to the United Kingdom, to Great Britain, to England, as we chat to their Junior World Cup captain, Millie Giglio, who of course led her country to their first ever Junior World Cup medal. What's next on the horizon for her? What are the challenges and what are the lasting memories from South Africa? All of that and more in this episode of Hockey the Podcast. Good evening, good afternoon, good morning to all listeners of Hockey the Podcast. It's episode 118 and tonight, well at least it's tonight for me, I'm joined all the way from the UK, uh, I think probably all the way from the University of Birmingham by the Junior World Cup skipper of the English side, of course none other than Millie Giglio. Millie, welcome to Hockey the Podcast and, and thanks for joining me. Hi, Darren. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an absolute pleasure. Milia, I mean, it would be remiss. I mean, we are a South African podcast, so it would be remiss not to start in the most obvious place, and that's here in South Africa. You you spent a, a good couple of weeks here recently and led your team to a bronze medal at the Junior World Cup. I mean, has that, has that hit home? Have you had to pinch yourself? You are the first ever medalist in the Junior World Cup for England. Uh, you know, and and overall, what was the experience like for you? Um, yeah, I mean, it <laughs> it doesn't quite feel real yet, you know. Um, I, I'll see the occasional thing on Twitter or look back on a photo and say, wow, like, we, we actually did that. I actually lived through that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's kind of weird being back here at home. Like, obviously, a lot of the people that I'm around now weren't there at the tournament. But, um, yeah, it's just really cool to have those memories. Um, yeah. And and overall, uh, your impressions of South Africa? I know it was your first trip to our country. Did you enjoy your time? Yeah, yeah, very much. I'm a bit, I'm a bit gutted we didn't get to see much of it. Um, just in terms of COVID and everything, we kind of had to stay in our bubbles and stuff. But yeah, really, really friendly people. Delicious food. Uh, we went to a game reserve on one of our rest days, which was really cool. Uh, we managed to absorb a little, a little bit of the culture while we were there. Well, well, let, let's let's just uh, talk a little bit through your journey to the World Cup. It was obviously anything but ordinary. Uh, mm. You were supposed to come out in December. You were part of that initial squad, and then everything changed. Uh, mm-hmm. Players changed. Uh, you know, your your team changed. You brought in a few really young players. I mean, coming to the World Cup, it must have been quite frustrating in terms of how much the prep had to change along the way. Oh, 100%. Um, it was probably one of the hardest things that I've ever had to do is kind of have that constant change in mindset. Because um, obviously we knew we were going to the World Cup from, I think it started to get on my radar from like probably a year ago. Um, so like from May time, our coaches started saying, you know, we've got to keep pushing, like we've got to start pushing. Selection's coming out this point. Um, and we got, our initial team was... Uh, it came out like late, late October. So from that moment on, I was just like so tunnel visioned. I was ready for this tournament. Everything I did was preparing for it. Um, and the same with all the other girls in the team. And, you know, 48 hours, I think less than 48 hours before we went to fly, you know, we pulled out the tournament. Um, yeah, it was tough. Like everything I'd set my sights on 
had kind of dissipated before my eyes. And for a period after that, we didn't know whether it was going to go ahead again. So in my eyes, it was almost safer to think that we weren't going to have a World Cup, you know, instead of build your hopes up again. Um, but, you know, February came round and we suddenly needed to get a squad together. It was crazy. Like we were six weeks away from the tournament and we'd only played together, I think, once at that point. Um, and yeah, there was a hundred percent. I had doubts. I know some of our coaches had doubts. Like we we barely knew each other, let alone you know were able to compete at the highest level. So yeah, it was it was tough. And you know to, to turn yourself around after that massive disappointment and say you know you still got a job to do, go and get on with it was um was yeah it was difficult. But you know I'm glad I'm glad I managed to do it. Yeah, I mean it's interesting. Obviously. Uh... Not at all on your level, but very similar. I was uh, down to commentate in the December tournaments and mm. it worked out perfectly with my day job that I was able to be there for the full two weeks. And yeah, then they say, no, it's cancelled. Then I think it's not going to happen. Then I get told it is happening and they want me back on the team. But now, you know, to move things around and yeah, fortunately yeah. it worked out in the end. But uh, yeah, for for a number of players, that opportunity uh, would have existed in December and it didn't exist in April anymore. Did you did yeah. you feel a little bit from maybe the girls that were, were in the squad any sort of, uh, and I don't know if animosity is necessarily the right word, but frustration towards some of the players that came in late who had to, and again, I mean this with no disrespect, but would almost have mm -hmm. had to work less hard than those who had been preparing, yeah, yeah. preparing for longer. Um, I think it's a difficult one. I think there was definitely some difficult emotions for the girls who didn't come play. I think, that, I mean, there were, there were sort of two groups. There were those girls who decided that, so a lot of us are in our final year of university um, in our original squad. So to commit that amount of training over our second term into Easter was just too much of an ask for, for a lot of girls, which is why obviously we had some players had to step back. And then you had other players that, um went went into the senior squad so they got centralized into the into the England squad which is obviously fantastic news for them but I think having spoken to some of those girls on both sides of that I think it was a little bit tough just to see just to see your your friends and your teammates you know making history and then being like I could have been in that team but I think ultimately everyone was at peace with their decisions um, I don't think there's any animosity whatsoever. I think it's just it's just a tough pill to swallow, um, knowing that you were you know you almost had that chance, but you you just you just quite didn't get it. Um, but again, the, the senior girls have gone out and smashed it, and they've been playing like a great level of hockey. So I think that there's a little bit to make up for that in that sense. Yeah, and, and Millie, obviously, it was a sort of tournament where uh, the FIH allowed players up to the age of 22, so it wasn't mm -hmm. an under 21; it was an under 22. But you look at your English side and, and the team that actually came, I mean, we're talking about players like Tilly Butterworth, who's just 16 years of age. Um, you know, did she, I mean, she almost had to call you auntie. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I mean, it's great that they have that experience now, you know. I think Tilly and I think maybe Sophia as well, Sophia Martin, they'll both be eligible for three World Cups now which is just crazy, you know, to turn up to the next World Cup with one already under your belt is is just fantastic experience. Um, but yeah, I was I was a little bit worried for them. I was a little bit worried for them because, 
you know, I remember being in a meeting uh, at one of our training camps and we were discussing mindset when you come up against certain opponents and they, they'd never played Germany. They'd never played Holland. They'd never played Spain, Belgium. Like they had almost no experience um, on the international field. And here they were coming up against like the best, the best there is. Um, so yeah, it was definitely, da- I'm sure it was daunting for them, but I think at that point there was nothing else to do, but then just go for it, you know, just throw yourself in and, and do your best. And, and that's exactly what you guys did. I mean, if we look through your tournament, um, a pretty convincing, and, and I can say that as as the host nation, a pretty convincing opening game against South Africa, a 3-0 win. Um, and then, of course, because of the, the withdrawal of Ukraine, it meant mm-hmm. you had a quick game next up, uh, a day later against Ireland, in one of my favorite games of the tournament where you came from behind and won it 2-1. And... Uh, through to the quarterfinals, and then you had to wait a week. I mean, that, yeah. that, that must have been incredibly frustrating. Oh, yeah, that was easily my least favorite part. I mean, I think so. It's the South African opening game, um, all the like, there was so much excitement, obviously, because not only was it our first game, but it was the first game of the tournament against the host nation, also a nation we knew nothing about. So, obviously, we, we did our prep with video, but. Not, not one person on our team had played against the South African side before. So it was a completely new experience. Um, and yeah, like you said, against Ireland, we went down. Um, we went down a few times actually in our tournament and we managed to come back. Seems to be our our special weapon. Um, although I'd rather next time we, we wouldn't do that, you know. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'd rather not go down 1-0 before we kind of had to go up again. Um but yeah, no, no, it was tough having those five days in, in between. It re- just felt like you lost a lot of momentum and, you know, going into the next game, you just, you, the doubts just kind of start seeping in a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I think we, I mean, it, well, that game against Germany was by far our, our worst performance, but at the same time, they're a very strong side. So, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, but, you know, the, the USA game was another cracker, but it was again one where you could see, the slow start, I mean, Ashley Sessa, yeah. I think it was, that opened the scoring. And that first quarter, really, it didn't seem that you guys were quite there. And then all of a sudden, you started to settle into the game and take your chances, create your chances. And in truth, at the end of the game, uh, probably the biggest question was, how was it only 2-1? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think that delay in in our game uh, definitely comes from maybe just a bit of a lack of experience and a lack of confidence. Um, I think it just takes us that first quarter to be like, okay, we're in this game. Let's start switching on, which obviously, I mean, ideally it wouldn't be that way. Um, but yeah, it was, it was very apparent in that game. I think, I think for the USA game, there was always that feeling where we knew they'd be a tough opposition, but we thought we could beat them. Um, and there was that mentality that, you know, we, we can beat them. Therefore we have something to prove. Um, so I think, yeah, that's all that also added to the shaky start there. Um, but by the end, I mean, yeah, I'd say USA should have scored a few more as well. And, and us too, I feel like maybe it should have been a higher scoring game overall. Um, but yeah, yeah, we definitely, we definitely, um, lack a little bit of intensity in that first quarter. But, but then ultimately it all really came down. I mean, we forget the German game. They, they were lethal and I, I do kind of think that the score 
uh, was kind of one of those once they were two three nil up, minds yeah. were already casting themselves towards the the bronze medal game and. You know, you, you played against a much-fancied India side, the likes of Titi Salima with 40 international mm. caps to her name. Larisiami had about 20 caps. Um, Mumtaz Khan, who was scoring goals for fun. And what an exciting, entertaining and fun game that was. Um, I was on the commentary and, you know, controversy around, uh, aside from the penalty shootout, you guys were, were, were convincing in that shootout, but what a game of, of hockey and... Uh, you know what a what a, a great roller coaster that must have been to be part of, especially the the leveler coming from uh, Claudia Swain. I think it was with about a minute and a half left on the clock. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad it was entertaining for everyone else. <laughs> um, I don't think I've ever experienced nerves quite like that. Um, I mean, great. I mean, again, great experience to to come back from that to draw to all. Um, is is absolutely huge um but yeah I think when we took that keeper off when we took our keeper off there was that understanding that it was like now or never we've got to go for it and between us forwards because there were four forwards at the time um we we were just convinced that all four of us had to be in the D at any given moment if the ball was coming towards us we just had to throw ourselves at the goal and I think if you look back at the replay you can see all four forwards in and around the p-spot ready for a rebound so I think in that respect there was so much grit going into it that I'd like to think that we were we were we were going to score in that moment um, and we were going to score in that in that period where we took off our keeper but yeah I mean the the penalty shuffles, I think it was tough. Like, I, I definitely sympathise with India. Like, losing like that is is not good. Um, it's not nice, especially knowing that you were in the lead at one point. Um, but, yeah, again, huge shift from the girls. Um, I'm very proud of them. Yeah, and, and I mean, you guys won at 3-0, but uh, you didn't take one of them. Were you next up? Oh, uh, I was actually last. Okay, okay. So, I think Sophia was next, and then I and then I was last. Um yeah, I mean, we've always been very strong at our shuffles. Um, and our keeper, Evie Wood, is phenomenal at uh, penalty shuffles as well. So I think going into that, I think it, I want to go as far as say that we all, we'd already won in our eyes because we backed ourselves at shuffles. We really did. Like, it's definitely a strength of ours. Um, so it was kind of, yeah, it was a win in itself to get there, to bring back um, to a draw. And And of course... That in itself then meant it was a bronze medal, the first ever for England in a Junior World Cup. Uh, have you got the medal hanging up somewhere proudly at home? Yes, yes. I've actually left it at home um, back in back in London. It's not here at university with me. I was just a bit scared it would get lost. So, um, so you didn't take the opportunity to walk around the uh, the mess hall or anything with uh, the World Cup <laughs> not, bronze no, medal. It, not a university, but you'd be surprised the amount of girls that wore it all the way home from South Africa <laughs> on the plane in bed. That last night, a lot of the girls slept in it. It was, um, yeah, it was a funny moment. Oh, amazing stuff. Of course, Milliard, uh, we also saw you uh, a threat of a, a goal scorer. You got penalty strokes, penalty corners, field goals, all to your name in the tournament, finishing with four. Uh, is there a favorite type of goal you like to score? Um, I mean, I think I, I like a field goal um, or a penalty corner goal of that because, you know, you turn around and your teammates are there. Whereas a, a penalty a penalty flick is great. Um, 
but it's more of an individual kind of moment, you know? Um, so yeah, I think definitely a few field goals are my favorite. Um, and you get like a real sense of momentum and then the reward. Um, yeah. Well, and speaking of rewards, you were obviously rewarded with a call up to the senior national team. Um, mm -hmm. after this, uh, if I'm correct, you didn't get the cap just yet, but you've now been in the squad. Uh, you know, what is that like? Just just now rubbing shoulders with all these international stars and some of them who would have been uh, part and parcel of the success all the way back in 2016 and, you know, players who, who you may have looked up to and, and very rarely maybe have rubbed shoulders with uh, now are your international teammates. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, it's great. So, yeah, I got invited to two trips with the seniors which were great experiences um unfortunately I didn't get my first cap but I think it was a step in the right direction anyway so I'm not I'm not too gutted about that um and yeah I mean it was nice to come into a team where the standard that is set is already so high and you just come in and you just slip into that to what they're doing and you know you can really focus on your on your own game um, definitely a, a, a different experience to the World Cup, 100%. Um, just being one of the older ones there, I felt the need to kind of check in with a lot of people all the time. Um, and also that's just the nature of tournament hockey as well. So, yeah, to go on these trips with the seniors was, was very nice and uh, very enjoyable for different reasons. And obviously, I mean, you, you play along the, the likes of Laura Unsworth, uh, mm -hmm. more than 200 caps, Holly Pern Webb, more than 200 caps, uh, Lily Ansley, almost 200 caps. I mean, have uh, any of the, the senior players been specifically welcoming to you in terms of, of the setup? Uh, I think everyone's been, like, generally welcoming. Um, you can definitely tell it's a, it's a performance environment, you know, so people are there to, to be the best hockey player they can. So, yeah, they're, they're welcoming, but ultimately everyone's focused on their own performance. Um yeah, I mean, it's great to play alongside those players. You know, they're just, they are incredible. But yeah, I think a lot a lot of the younger girls um, in the squad, the new additions, um, I played with when I was a bit younger and throughout my years. So like the likes of Izzy Petter and Fiona Crackles, we uh, we started like our under-16 England journey together. So it was really nice to play with them again. Um, so in that sense, it was, it was yeah, really welcoming. Yeah, um, I mean, and you obviously seeing a player like Fiona Crackles and, and she's uh, made her mark and, and solidified her spot must also be motivation for you that, uh, you know, that, that spot, uh, that permanent spot in the senior team isn't too far away if you keep working the way you are. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um, and, you know, it's that, you know, she can do it, I can do it kind of thing. But it's also because she's there, because so many other of my friends are there, it also motivates me to be like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to train with my with my best mates every day. I want to go to tournaments with them kind of thing. Um, so there's definitely like a social aspect to it as well. Um, and yeah, I mean, my sights are set on it. Just going to keep working hard. I mean, I still have another year at university um, at the moment. So there's not a massive rush because I'd quite like to finish here first. But yeah, 100% next thing on my agenda. Well, well you bring us through uh, the university. Tell us what the, the structure is like for you in terms of, of club hockey and how it works in your time away with the national teams. Um, so 
at the moment um i'm on a dual career pathway with the university which means basically i I'm a, i can do my course part-time because i'm a part-time athlete um which is really helpful and the university has been great with that um it just means i can apply enough time to my studies and still afford to go away on camps and such but this is uh so i managed to go part-time this year so starting in september so before that it was really tough like you you miss a lot of study you miss a lot of time with your course mates um and it's a lot of time alone trying to catch up and figure out what what was going on in lectures and such so yeah this is definitely the better option but um yeah and here in south africa i mean we don't have a sort of uh, professional environment mm-hmm. um hockey i mean globally is not really a professional sport anyway but how would it look, how would it work post-qualification uh, for you? Um, you mean after after I finish university? Yeah, after studies. Um, it's difficult. Like you say, it's not it's not a professional sport. Um, so, you know, contracts are starting to pop out um, around in the Premier League here. So, I, knew, I mean, I've got a few friends who have kind of signed, if you like, to, to their clubs and they might get some sort of, uh, compensation for that and for their loyalty to a club but yeah ultimately you can pick you don't have to sign a contract um so it's still very much an amateur sport in that respect i would hope to be centralized at that point by the time i finished university and if not um i would choose to you know play in 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 any of the london clubs i think as uh, london is my hometown uh but also just go and play abroad so I probably choose to go play in Holland where they have, um, you know, professional, semi-professional contracts. Well, and and, and obviously the Hoofde class is the big one that everybody wants yeah. to get to at some point in their career. Um, but uh, how would that work if, uh, because we see not as many English players playing there because of the centralized program. Um, has that started to become a little bit more flexible in the more modern day and age? Yeah, 100%. I think obviously the likes of, Lily Alzi doing it, uh, Flora Peel doing it, you know, Anna Thoman's gone over there now. I think they're kind of setting a precedent um, to hopefully by the time it's my turn, it'll be a lot easier. I think it's starting to be perceived as a better thing because the girls come back and they're so much better and they're fitter and their sense of their understanding of the game is so much better just from playing continuously at a higher level. Um, and obviously that's hugely be- beneficial to to the centralized program. So I think, yeah, I'd like to think that it's moving in that direction. Um, that said, it's not that easy because obviously you're, if you are centralized, you are required to train every day um, at Bisham Abbey, which is, which is where um, we are centralized. So, you know, be, being um, in mainland Europe is, is a challenge in that sense because you can't train with the team. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's a, a real, real struggle, that. Of course, mm-hmm. uh, you are at the University of Birmingham, and uh, the next big event in the world of hockey, after the FIH Hockey World Cup, is the Commonwealth Games in Birmingham. If you're able to sneak into the squad, uh, that would obviously be great, but if not, will you be uh, trying to volunteer at uh, the event and, and get yourself in and around the action? <laughs> definitely yeah i mean i've i've already got a house here for next year 
um which is and that you know it's literally on my doorstep so I'll definitely be hanging around and I mean I'd, I'd like to go see more than just hockey as well um yeah, I doubt I will be sneaking into the squad as it's very very close um but yeah I think it'll be so cool um and it's huge for for the girls as well because it hasn't been a home commonwealth in you know for, I can't I don't even know when the last home commonwealth was um so yeah it's, it's really special to have it here um on our club pitch as well as the Bournebrook as, as we call it well, I, w- I wanted to ask you on that. I mean, obviously, any any sort of uh, multi-sport tournament will always bring back memories of 2016 and what it meant mm-hmm. for Great Britain hockey. Do you feel, though, like that that is a a shadow at all over the team? That, you know, that's the highs. Obviously, the Dutch are, are immense, but everybody feels, well, if you could win it in 2016, why aren't you back up there again? Yeah. Uh, you know, does that that success in 2016 bring extra pressure in the environment and and in your short uh, interactions with it? Have you felt that, uh, or is it kind of just something unspoken? Um, I think it's more unspoken. Um, but I, I 100%, I think that it's definitely something that plays on people's minds. I mean, if you've done it once, why can't you do it again? And Obviously, there's hundred factors that go into to winning a, a gold Olympic medal, but you know, the closer we get to replicating those conditions, the closer we are going to get, that we're going to get to winning it again. So, yeah, I think also the pressure comes from you know we won bronze in London and we also won bronze in Tokyo, so we are meddling. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. There's 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 pressure to to perform in that sense, but that, more than anything, I think. I felt like the team was focusing on just the next tournament. So when we were in the States, it was focus on, 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 I think they're playing Spain next, focus on Spain. And then you focus on uh, pro league against China and then the Commonwealth and then the world cup uh, and the world cup being the big one. I think it's it. You've got to make sure you don't let your mind run away with these things. You know, like if you think too far in the future, you kind of forget to play in the moment and, you know, do the process as well, kind of thing. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, there has been um, some change in coaches uh, uh, around mm-hmm. the English setup. How are you and the girls feeling about that? Yeah, I think um, I think it's fine. I mean, Ralphie, uh, David Ralph is, is a great coach. I don't know him that well. I haven't had that much exposure to him, but he was obviously an assistant coach um before mark stepped down so i think the transition was relatively smooth um i think a lot of the cultures and stuff have transitioned into this next cycle quite easily so but i i couldn't comment too much on that i am not sure no no worries um of course obviously the the other scenario that you uh, are faced with is uh, that you have the whole great britain versus england challenge uh, certain tournaments yeah. you go as England, certain tournaments as Great Britain, and you know you look at uh, England, Ireland, Scotland, and Wales, and obviously we're talking Northern Ireland there. But uh, is 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 that something that uh, makes it a little bit frustrating at times for for players because certain times you have players that can be part of your squad, other times you don't. Training as Great Britain is obviously a lot more difficult than training as England. Um, you know, or, or, or is that something as a youngster in the UK you grow up dreaming of representing Great Britain? I think 
I mean, for me, they're 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 on parallel. So GB in England, for me, they're 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 the same. Um, I think it it is difficult, especially from my perspective. That so the girls at the moment are participating in Pro League as England, um, which gives me just a little bit more grasp on getting a cap. Whereas I think in September they'll transition back into Great Britain, which obviously makes the pool of players bigger, and it just makes it harder to try get in there and and um, you know make make my mark kind of thing. Uh, but I think it's just it's always been a given for us. So we have an, uh, a thing called the Elite Development Programme, which is GB as well. So we're very used to training with the Scots, with the Welsh, with the with the Irish. So it's not a new concept, but it definitely brings its challenges. Um, yeah. All right. I mean, it's a fair enough point. Uh, we saw, uh, obviously, in the world of football, it's uh, a little bit less... Uh, you know, mm. the players weren't as pumped to go represent Great Britain. Um, you know, they wanted to go represent England, Ireland, Scotland, Wales. But we do see in yeah. the world of hockey, there, is, there does seem to be a fair amount of pride in, in being able to represent Great Britain and, and play oh. under the, the Union Jack instead of the, the English flag. Uh, so I suppose the question then is, if you were offered the opportunity to... Uh, to go to the Olympics and get a bronze medal there or go to the World Cup and get a gold medal? Which one would uh, be more tantalizing for you? God, I'm not sure. I think... Oh. I think potentially a, a gold medal. I don't know. I think the Olympics is the ultimate tournament, though, isn't it? Like Just being there is is a, is a reward in itself. I think, but actually, I think in the Olympics, I'd rather get a bronze medal. Um, I actually couldn't answer that question, though. I'm fair, not sure. fair, fair enough, fair enough. <laughs> it's so too hard. We, we don't often have um, anyone who's from London on the show, but of course, uh, in London, the world of mm. hockey is growing, but of course, the world of football is massive. Are you mm-hmm. a football fan as a Londoner? Uh, not really. I mean, I kind of manage to stay up to date relatively my housemates are football fans but not particularly hockey's always been my thing and and in terms of uh hockey hooligan fans not as bad as the football ones no i don't think so but that said at university level <laughs> the hockey fans can be a bit loose um, i think actually any any university sport for that matter can they can be hooligans <laughs> Absolutely, I think uh, yeah. that's. But that's not even the fans; that's half the players. Yeah, hundred <laughs> uh, percent. You just have to sit in one or two fan sessions afterwards. Um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so, I mean, Millie, you've got to travel around a bit lately. But uh, what, what's on the bucket list? Where would you like to travel the most? Um, Obviously, that you haven't yet. I haven't travelled yet. Because I know I South I'd Africa re- would have been your answer, so I didn't want to make it awkward yeah. for you. <laughs> yeah, South Africa. Um, I think I'd really like to travel to Southeast Asia, probably, just because I think it'd be so different to what we've experienced here. Um, but actually, on the other hand, um, I'm a, my parents are from Argentina, um, but we don't visit very often, so I'd love to go back there and, and travel the country properly and see the glaciers and everything. And were you born in... 
Argentina? Yeah, I was I was born in Argentina. Yeah. So how how how's that watching Argentina at the the tournament? Obviously, they play a exciting brand of hockey, and mm. uh, you've got some of that in you. But uh, was there ever a thought in your head that maybe I want to represent Argentina rather? Um, not rather, but it definitely has crossed my mind. Um, just because like my life is in England, um, and I do feel like I am English. Um, and I'm proud to wear the shirt and everything. So it, there's there's not a feeling where I'm like, oh, I, I want to play for them instead. But, you know, seeing them, and I spoke to, to a few of them and they're super nice girls. Um, yeah, I think it's just a reminder of what my life could have been had had we stayed in that country. Um, yeah, I think that going to play for them would be a bit of a curveball. Um, I'd literally have to uproot my life there to do that but i guess it's it's not off the, it's not off the table yeah look uh you never know what the future holds but right now obviously uh we're hoping that your future holds uh with england and and we get to see you mm. get some of those uh senior international caps of course uh the other things that are bubbling out under the surface of course hockey fives and uh the launch of hockey fives the upcoming tournament um in switzerland and of course the world cup is that something that appeals to you at all? Or are you fully focused on the 11-a-side game right now? Um, I'd like to say I'm I'm focused on the 11-a-side. But, you know, if the opportunity arose for me to have a shot at it, I don't think I'd turn it down. Um, is it is it an outdoor tournament? Yeah, it's outdoor, outdoor but, but five-a-side. Five side, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I'd definitely be up to doing that. You know, oh, I, think... I, I mean, I love playing. I love training, so anything that includes those things and, you know if you get to represent your country while doing it that's you know even better yeah well we know you like scoring goals and that's what <laughs> father side is all about is about scoring tons of goals yeah all right millie well well i uh i am almost done with uh abusing your ears tonight um <laughs> right. but uh yeah obviously uh i got to meet you a little bit when you came to to south africa very briefly via via interviews and I really did enjoy watching your hockey. You ultimately made the the hockey the magazine team of the tournament. But who who stood out for you from the other nations? Which players? And I'm not going to put a limit. You can name one. You can name two. You can name five if you want. Really impressed you as players. You think are going to have big international careers? Oof. Um, that's a that's a tough one. Your, I can't remember her name, your centre-back, which uh, I noticed she had Olympic rings on her, so I think she's already an Olympian. Really tall girl, yeah, Henry, dark hair. Um, not Henry Lowe. Yes, I thought she was really good. I remember playing against her and being like, and it, it, even in our quarter times, I was like, you know, we've got to single her out. We've got to cut her out the game because she's the one that runs the show back there. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed playing against her. Also, just such an athlete, like really pushed me to my limits. Um, obviously, Ashley Sessa, I think, was great. She really stood out in her team. Um, and then I watched her again. Um, obviously, when we played in the states, and she she was playing, and yeah, again, she was doing really well. Um, I think that was I, her debut up until we played. You. Sorry, I think that was her debut against you guys as well. I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I think, I mean, up until obviously we had to play against India. I thought they were my favourite team in the tournament. I just loved the way they played. We did, we had a training game against them um, just before we started, and 
I was just in awe about like how well they passed the ball. They were just so connected all the whole time. Um, so yeah, it's actually a, a real honour to have beaten them because I honestly thought they were an excellent side. Brilliant. And uh, obviously watching the final, the Dutch and Germans, two proper, proper quality teams. Um, mm. Were there any players there specifically that you thought, <laughs> pretty glad I'm not playing them today? Um, what was her name? The German centre-back as well. The one with the gigantic aerial. Kirsch? Kirsch, oh, Kirsch, Kirsch yes. Yeah, Kirsch, yeah. She was she was phenomenal. Um, and then Ormani uh, as well, one of the Dutch forwards. Yeah. She was just, you know, scoring goals for fun. Yeah, I actually, um, I actually picked her as uh, probably our player of the tournament. I know mm. it went to Kurz in the end, and that's not. Uh, I'm not trying to disrespect Kurz at all. She was fantastic, but uh, yeah, Omrani was. I mean, she was like a magician with the ball at times. Mm. Yeah, yeah, she was. She was very good. Um, I enjoyed watching her, especially as a forward. Like it, it's good to appreciate the job done well, you know. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, Millie, last last one from our side. What's next on the hockey calendar for you personally? Oof. Um, at the moment, not not much over the summer, um, just because I think the England squad will be um, jumping from tournament to tournament, and there won't be a, a a big opportunity for me to come in and and you know get some exposure. Unfortunately, but yeah, I think any any tournaments next summer. That's what I've got my eyes on. Um, so I try break into the squad at some point next year, kind of thing. Brilliant stuff. We wish you all the best. Uh, thank you very much for taking the time and uh, good luck at uh, for your final year of university. But more importantly, good luck to getting into all those squads and uh, you know one day when you are lifting the mantle as <laughs> FIH Player of the Year, I will replay the podcast again and again and say, "Yep, I spoke <laughs> to her first. Brilliant. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Brilliant. Have a great evening and thanks for joining us. That was Junior World Cup captain for England, Millie Giglio, leading her country to their first ever bronze medal at the Junior World Cup. And of course, uh, already earned herself a call up to the senior team not long before she gets that first cap. As always, this has been Hockey the Podcast and it's been a pleasure having you join us. See you again soon. Cheers.